Hello everyone, welcome back to the Halo Zone Podcast, episode 4? Episode 4, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm already losing count. Um, again, we we took a little break. We did not upload, we did not um, make a podcast after the um, the Seattle series. I wanted to wait until after the All-Star break and we could jam everything into um, just one podcast. Um, a lot of stuff has gone down since the last time we talked. Um, the Mariners series, the All-Star break, the draft, the Angels signed someone. So, um, lots of big news, lots of news just in general. Um, so, let's just jump right into it. We're going to start with the um, Mariners series that concluded on Sunday. It was the weekend series last week, obviously. The one break for the All-Star break. Um, the Angels lost two out of three in Seattle. Which, that it sucks. Again, they they lost a couple winnable games in the first two. And then um, we're able to put something together in um, the final game before the break. Um, and walk away at least with um, one win. But they'll enter the break. Well, they answered the break 45 and 44. They're back tomorrow. Hopefully, again, the Yankees game. The Yankees Red Sox game got postponed because the Yankees have a COVID problem. Hopefully, that it wasn't one of the guys, one of their all stars. Like, hopefully, it isn't Aaron Judge or Garrett Cole and they spread it around. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Hopefully, we're, we're good to go for the rest of the league. The Yankees get good and. We keep rolling. We don't have to have a bunch of game pu- a bunch of games pushed down the line, but we're just gonna have to wait and see. But um, for as of now, everything's going down on Friday. First game back from the All Star break. Seventy three games left in the season. The Angels are forty five and forty four. But again, let's just go game by game of the Seattle series. Um, starting with game one. Um, it started off really well. The Angels got up to. A quick three nothing lead. David Fletcher hit his first home run of the season to lead off the ball game, and they scored one run in each of the first three innings. Obviously, the Fletcher home run made it one nothing, and then a two out RBI double by Juan Lagares made it two to nothing. And then in the third, Shohei Otani hit his lead leading wait league leading thirty third home run to make it. 3-0 Angels, and then kind of after that, the wheels just fell off. Again, Cobb pitched well. He went 5 and a third, Gave up two runs. Both of them were unearned. He he did his job. Um, a big error by Luis Renjifo kept an inning going, and then the Mariners were able to just get a couple guys around to score. And just like that, the game was... It was a 3-2 ball game, and then in the 7th, or the sixth, yeah, the seventh. Um, a two-out RBI single by Ty France that again he got jammed. He kind of just shot it up the middle, um, tied the ball game, and then the eighth inning, Mariners got a couple guys on. With what I think, yeah, they brought in Quintana with two outs, but two outs, two on. They bring in Jose Quintana to face J.P. Crawford because of the matchup, I guess, and then. And again, they already used Watson and Claudio earlier in the game, so Le- Quintana was only lefty in the pen. And it, it blew up in 
Joe Madden's face. Um, J.P. Crawford worked a nine-pitch walk against Quintana. Great at bat. He fouled off some tough pitches after falling behind 0-2. And then Quintana falls behind 0-2 to Mitch Hanniger. They have a mound visit to say, hey, like, throw strikes. And then Quintana grew a center cut 91-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle. And Mitch Hanniger hit it out for a basically... It wasn't a walk-off, but a game-winning grand slam in the bottom of the eighth to make it 7-3. And they just went down quietly in the ninth and lost that game 7-3. to Again, they probably should have ended up winning, but again, some defensive problems, some bullpen management um, decisions that didn't turn out to be the right ones kind of cost them. So they dropped the first one. The second game, I didn't watch. I had I was doing something, so I couldn't watch the second game but from what i like from just the again i watched some clips of it i obviously saw the box where i was keeping track of it as the game was going on again from the numbers patrick sandoval pitched great he only gave up two runs he went seven innings he threw over 100 pitches he looked really good um but the offense did nothing did absolutely nothing. Could not hit Chris Flexen. And I get it. They're missing a lot of their big bats. But, again, getting shut out, no matter who you're playing, is unacceptable. You can't get shut out. In. You, getting shut out, it's an auto loss. You you can't get shut out. you got to at least give your team somewhat of a chance. And if you get shut out, you have no chance to win. So, um, obviously, that was concerning, again, the bullpen didn't really do much that game. They only had C-Shack go one inning, and he got into trouble. Actually, I don't even think C-Shack finished that inning. I think they brought in Claudio to finish it. But, yeah, they put up a zero. Who cares? Um, But, yeah, the Angels lost that game 2 nothing. There were some positives, though, and the positive was just Patrick Sandoval. He, he, he's going to be in this rotation. Like, I think we're past the point where it's like, oh, is it just like a couple starts and then he's going to do what he did years prior where he's had like some iffy starts he hasn't been able to control his command. No, I think at this point we can kind of pencil Sandoval in every fifth or sixth day and he's going to go out there and he's going to pitch well. He hasn't given up more than three runs in any of his starts this year. Um, he's He's turning into a very, very good pitcher for this team. And they just need that. They just really, really need that. And he's starting to put that together. And that consistency, it's something that they, it's just something the Angels haven't had in a while. And they've been getting it from a couple guys this year. Obviously, Otani, Sandoval, um, they're starting to get that consistency from Alex Cobb after he had a couple, um, blow up starts earlier in the year where he was he wasn't able to go deep into games and he got knocked around a bit they're starting to get that consistency they're starting to have some starters that we can trust can go out there and pitch well obviously you can't just have some you need to have all your starters you can consistently trust hey they can give me five six innings they can keep us in this game but it's a start it's at least a start game three Angels um, won this one. Suarez pitched well. He won five innings. Um, he only gave up one run, and it was unearned because 
of a Kurt Suzuki pass ball. And the bullpen pitched well. They didn't give up any runs in their four innings that they pitched. Um, so good there. The offense finally woke up. Fletcher hit another home run. He had two home runs this series after not hitting one all season. But yeah, they they were they went scoreless for 17 straight innings. They broke through in the third on a Fletcher home run, and then they finally started to get going again. And again, they put up seven. They got some runs late that made it seven. But um, you like to see it, especially with hopefully tomorrow we will have Justin Upton back. We will have Anthony Rendon back. Hopefully, again, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not counting on it because we know Joe Madden's history and we haven't heard anything. So it's kind of like, oh, are we going to see these guys or are we just going to roll out the same team except for the guy we signed? That we'll talk about later. That's going to be fun. But, yeah, um, again, the offense, they just need to put up some runs. And, again, I, I said it with the Mariners um, before this series started. And it turned out I was right. Um, if, if they're able to score runs, they're going to win. Because they would have won the first game of the series if they didn't disappear after the third inning. If they keep putting that pressure on Seattle deep in, deeper into that game, the Angels would have won. It would, it would have never gotten to 3-3, bottom eight, two outs, bases loaded, and Jose Quintana pitching. That's just not what would have happened. Um, it would have been completely different. They probably would have won. And then obviously game two, if you if you put up three runs, you win. So whatever. But um, they lost two or three. It's tough. But again, they got three more against Seattle. This time at home. Um, this weekend, starting tomorrow. Um, and get two of those three back and get right back to a game back of them and just go out there and continue to win games. But again, they got to take the series this weekend. Um, but yeah, um, it was a tough one, but hopefully they get some reinforcements back this weekend and they do their job versus the Mariners at home. Um, on to the all-star break. It was fun. It was fun. There was some, it was, there was some exciting baseball. Like this was probably one of the most fun all-star breaks, all-star games, home run derbies that I've experienced in a while. And again, I'm not usually the guy. Like, again, there's lots of years I don't watch the Home Run Derby because it's just, like, I don't really care. And, again, I watch the All-Star Game every year, but it's kind of just, like, I, I just like watching all the great players play and all the great matchups. But this year, I was, like, I was really excited for it. Um, And maybe, obviously, it's because Otani and what he's doing and wanting to just see if he does something insane I, that may be what it was but again i had a lot of fun watching on monday and tuesday seeing the derby and the all-star game but just to kind of recap what the angels what otani and jared walsh did over the overall star weekend otani obviously he participated in the home run derby he hit 28 home runs in the first round of the home run derby. Um, he had 22, and then they went into a tiebreaker. And then he hit six in his tiebreaker round. He lost in the first round to Juan Soto. Um, again, it took it took to a swing off, so they were matching each other, and then 
Soto hit three in the swing off, and Otani hit like the first one on the ground, and it was over. Um, but again, he put on a show. That's all I really wanted. Like again, obviously it would have been cool if he would have won. But also, at the end of the day, who cares? It's the home run derby. It's like, obviously, I bet he would have wanted to win because obviously they're 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 playing for a million dollars. Plus, it would like it would have been great to win it um, for his home country. But as a fan, I didn't really care. I just wanted to see him put on a show, and he did. So, whoa, hello, the mic's caught. There we go. Um, yeah, he put on a show, and that's all you can really ask for. Um, and again, he wasn't going to beat Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso just went insane. Again, P- Pete Alonso, he might own the home run derby now. Because that dude hits BP bombs. And again, Coors Field in the home run derby, it's very... There's an advantage for the right-handed hitter, so... Um, it's just one of those things where he probably wasn't going to win, so... Who cares? He put on a show, that's all we could ask for. He had a 513-foot home run, though. That Wow. Um, in the All-Star game, Otani went 0-2. for 2. At the plate, he had a couple ground balls the second. Um, the first one looked like it was going to be a hit, but Adam Frazier made a nice play um, to the backhand in the shift. Um, and then got Otani at first. The second one, he hit pretty hard, but it was right at the second baseman. Um, Pitching-wise, he pitched the first inning. Obviously, he started the game. Um, he got Fernando Tatis to fly out to center on a slider, and then he jammed Muncie on a fastball in to get him to ground out to second base, and then um, got two strikes to Arenado through a nasty split that Arenado just got his bat on and hit a ground ball to Xander Bogarts at short, which ended the inning. And then the AO scored in the top of the second, and held the lead for the rest of the game, so he ended up getting the win in the All-Star game. Jared Walsh, um, he had two at-bats, and he played some left field. He made a sliding catch in the eighth inning of the All-Star game in a 5-2 game. The bases were loaded with two outs that saved at least two runs, maybe more, because, again, if he slides and that gets by him, that's a run. That's Well, that's three runs. And even if he just plays it, on the one hop and two run score, the inning's not over. Another hit, five five. So it was one of the biggest defensive plays of the game. At the plate, he went over two. He had a couple fly balls. Um, his second fly ball almost got out. Um, he had a four hundred eight foot fly ball off uh, of Craig Kimbrough, the dead center, but um, the park held it. Um, the AO they went on to win the game five two. They scored what two runs? Or one run. They scored one run, I think. Right? I don't know. They scored they scored a couple of runs early. They went up three nothing. Yeah, they went up three nothing. Again, I'm I'm just trying to remember everything that happened. I'm recording this on Thursday, so the game was a couple of days ago. Um Flatty Jr. hit a piss missile to left center field. It was a four hundred sixty eight foot absolute bomb. He crushed that. Um JT Riamuto hit a home run. Who else hit a home run? Mike Zanino hit a home run. And again, it was just it was just fun. It was just a fun game. Was, I love the All Star game because every matchup is is just a great player versus a great player. Because obviously, it's fun watching like 
let's say we were watching Max, Max Scherzer. It's fun watching Max Scherzer pitch in a regular season game because he's pitching, like, and again, he's going to pitch some good hitters throughout the regular season, but at the same time, every lineup has dead spots, and we're like, oh, that's a zero. Oh, he's going to get this guy out easily. And in the All-Star game, it's completely different because Scherzer comes in, he starts the game off, he gets his one inning, and again, starters, they're only throwing one inning. Their velo's up because they know, hey, I don't have to throw 100 pitches today. I need to throw, like, 15. I'm just going to throw. I'm going to act like I'm a reliever, and I'm going to throw gas. And that's what Scherzer did. And um, he did really well. But, again, he's facing Otani and then Vlad Jr. and then Xander Bogarts. That's crazy. And then Corbin Burns comes in. He has to face Judge and then Devers. And then um, Marcus Simeon. Like, it's just it's Salvador Perez, even though Salvador Perez isn't that good. But um, it's just fun to watch all the matchups and the big spots. Again, Matt Barnes, Chris Bryant, 3-0. Chris Bryant hits a shot to left. Jared Walsh makes a great play. That's just fun. It's just it's just fun baseball. But, yeah, that's kind of it for the All-Star game weekend. Vladdy Jr. won um, MVP, by the way, if you didn't know, which you probably did. On to the other big event that happened over this past week. Started on Sunday and it ended on Tuesday. It was the MLB draft. Which again, the MLB draft, it's not as big as the NFL draft or the NBA draft. Um but also the MLB draft, like if you if you if you pay attention, like you don't even have to super follow like minor league baseball but if you just pay attention to like prospects who's getting ready to come up the mob drafts fun because you know these guys names before they're like super top prospects and some guys get drafted and they're super top prospects super top prospects right away but i don't know i i enjoy it and it's fun to see who you guys who your team picks up who is going to be like the next Who's going to be in the next era of like baseball for your team? It's it's fun, at least in my opinion. Um, but the Angels they had the ninth overall pick in the first round. With that pick, they took Sam Bachman, a right-handed pitcher from Miami of Ohio. By the way, the Angels took twenty pitchers in this draft with their twenty picks. They took all pitchers. Yeah, they. Everyone's saying they threw. They drafted a no hitter. They drafted a note. That's funny, man. I, I love that. Um, but yeah, Sam Bachman, ninth overall pick. Um, he has two 80 grade pitches, which on the 2080 scale, 80 grade is like as high as it can get. Um, his fastball and his slider are projected to be 80 grade pitches. Um, but after that, he doesn't really have a third plus offering. So it, plus with his size and his arm slot, he has some reliever risk because again if he had a dominant if he had a if he had a, even not even a dominant if he had a good third pitch if he had a good changeup then he would have been probably the first pitcher take he would have been it would have been him and Jack Leiter but since he doesn't have that that's why he fell to 9 and he was the fourth pitcher taken yeah because Leiter was the first one then Jackson Job and then um 
what Mazikato? Is that how you say his name? The guy that went to the Royals. Um, but yeah, um, but he's fastball slider. They're going to be great pitches in this league. Um, again, his ability to be a starter is going to depend on how his changeup develops in the minor leagues. Um, if he can develop and t- turn that changeup into a solid third pitch, then he's going to be a starter. And again, when you have a starter that has two eighty grade pitches, he's going to be a very, very good starter. Um, again, in college, he's had ninety four to ninety seven on his fastball. He touched 101. His fastball also has a lot of run and sink on it, so it's not a straight. It's not straight 101. Um, it's 101 with movement, or it's 97, 98 with movement, which is crazy. Again, if he starts, he's going to be a mid 90s guy with good um, sink on his fastball. If he's a reliever, he's going to be high 90s into the triple digits. Um, so, again, either way. Sign me up, and lots of Angel fans. They weren't happy at, with this pick at first because obviously Kumar Rocker was on the board, and again, he's a guy that last year, going into the 2020 um, season, people were thinking that the team that got the first pick was going to end up with Kumar Rocker, and obviously that's not the case because Henry Davis went first overall to the Pirates. Kumar Rocker fell to ten to the New York Mets, but um. Again, Bachman, you, you, I can't complain. Again, I wanted Kumar Rocker too. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act like I didn't, but um, I'm not gonna complain with Sam Bachman. I'm just not. Um, but yeah, um, I'm perfectly fine with it. With their second round pick, they took a left-handed pitcher from St. Mary's, um, by the name of Kai Bush. Um, Again, he's a lefty. His best pitches are his fastball and his slider. He also throws a curveball and a changeup, but they aren't as... What did I say? What did I say they were? Oh, I didn't even say anything. I grabbed notes on the first four picks. We're going to talk about the first four picks, and then we'll just say the rest of, like, guys who we can watch outside of those guys. But um, he also throws a curveball and a change. They aren't as effective as his fastball or his slider, but whatever. Um... His fastball usually sits 90 to 96. He usually sits, it usually is around 94. That's that's from MLB Pipeline. Again, I've read a bunch of... After they... Okay. I knew a lot about Bachman coming into the draft because I thought the Angels had a chance to take him. The next three, I read about them after the draft. So, you could probably find the articles I read. I'm not the guy that researches 500 prospects every year. I don't. Again, when the Angels took like their guy in the like in the sixth round, I didn't even know who he was. So I read about him. So whatever. So if I got anything wrong, I'm 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 just reading what MOB.com, Fangraphs, um, other sites that do work on draft prospects for baseball. I'm going off what they said. And I've watched a little bit of some of these guys, but that's kind of it. And off of what people, because again, there's some people on Twitter that I trust their opinions when it comes to people like this. Um, but yeah, um, 90-96 on the fastball usually sits around 94. Um, in his last season at St. Mary's, or in his last and only season, because again, he started at, what school did he start at? I think he started at Washington State. And then he really struggled. He transferred to a JUCO in Arizona. 
and then he transferred to St. Mary's last year, and after that he entered the draft, and the Angels took him in the second round. Um, but he had more command over his fastball last year. Um, it's a very deceptive pitch. Um, his slider flash can flash as a plus pitch, but it still needs some work. And then his curveball and his changeup are works in progress. He has some reliever risk due to his lack of command, and also his size kind of profiles as a big reliever. Um, plus, he's a lefty, and again, lefty a lefty with two plus pitches is going to work out of the bullpen, no matter what. So, um, but, um, and also, scouts said, have said that um, he could probably approach around triple digits if he did come out of the bullpen. So, again, I think the Angels, with their first two picks, when they looked at these guys, they said, well, they thought, these guys, they have great potential to be starters. They still have decently high floors because we could put them in the bullpen, and they have plus pitches to work out of the bullpen. And I think the Angels are at the point, especially with the pitching depth they have in the minor leagues, they just need guys who can get out. And it doesn't matter if it's for seven innings or for two-thirds of an inning. They need guys that can get outs, can put up zeros, and can help the big league club soon. And both these guys are college pitchers. They're going to be up soon. There's some talk that um, Sam Bachman might be up this year. He could be like a Garrett Crochet type pick. That would be, again, again, the Angels need help in the bullpen. So, again, do do whatever you need to. But, um... I'm not going to complain about either pick. Obviously, it will be fun to watch them pitch in the minor leagues, see how they do down there. But until then, we just got to kind of wait and see. Um, but their third pick, the 80th overall pick, they took Landon Marco. Is that how you say it? It's one of those weird names that ends in UX. That's like, I, but he's a right-handed pitcher from LSU. He has a four-pitch mix, um, fastball, slider, curveball, and a changeup. His best pitches, his curveball. Um, he sits 90-92 with his fastball, can touch up to 94 miles per hour, and has very good command over that pitch. His best pitch, as I said, is his upper 70s curve. But he also has an effective low 80 slider, along with a fading changeup with some velo to his slider. The big thing I like about this guy is he throws strikes. And again, the Angels, they have one of the highest walk rates in baseball this season. I'm sorry, I'm getting, like, shit from Twitter about the Yankees positives. That's why I'm looking down a lot. Um, and also, I have, like, notes on guys right over here. But, um, yeah, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, he's a strike thrower, which is obviously the most. Give me guys that put pitches over the plate, that get ahead of hitters. That's what I want. Again, having guys that throw super hard, that are, that throw super hard, that have crazy movement, that's fun. But also, get guys that know how to pitch and know how to throw strikes. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, especially in the third round. He's a high floor guy. He projects as a back end of the rotation starter if he hits that potential. Um, but he could, his potential could raise if he is, um, if his velo can tick up. And again, we saw last year. After the Angels took Reed Detmer's 10th overall, it looked like he was going to sit in the low 90s. And this year, he's already sitting around 93, 94, 95. He's touched up to 97. So maybe the same thing happens with Marco, where he can jump 
his velo can jump up a bit and we're looking at a um a guy that can maybe make some noise again he he's another college pitcher all four guys we're talking about are college pitchers but um again maybe he can impact this team soon and i'm perfectly fine again give me guys that can pitch as a hinge with how bad the pitching's been i'll take it and then the final pick we'll talk about is um the fourth round pick at the hundred at one ten overall. They took Luke Murphy, a right-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt University. Which again, Vanderbilt University—that's probably the best baseball school in the in the nation. Um, he's a reliever. Let's just—I'm just gonna say that right away. He's going to be a reliever. He was a reliever in college, and that's kind of why he probably didn't go higher because he just doesn't have any starter upside. But um, he has a fastball slider mix. He can also throw a changeup, even though it's not that effective right now. His fastball usually sits between 93 96, can get it up to around 98 miles per hour. Um, he has a low 80s curveball that can be a plus pitch, even though he overthrows it at some times. Um, I don't know. Some, some sites called it a curveball. Some sites called it a slider. Maybe it's a slurve, but it's a breaking ball. So, I might just call it that. But his breaking ball can be a plus pitch. But he does overthrow it. At times, he spikes it in the dirt. Um, throws, throws non-competitive pitches with it. Sometimes with two strikes. So, that's going to be something he's going to need to work on before he gets to the big league level. Um, his changeup has some fade versus lefties. Again, it's probably not a very good pitch to throw to righties. But it has some fade versus lefties, but he just has a lot of trouble commanding it, which is why it's just not a very good pitch for him right now. Again, he'll probably work on it a bit in the minor leagues. And if he's if it's good or if he gets better at it, the Angels will have him keep throwing it. If not, he might ditch it. Who knows? Um, definitely, he's going to be a reliever, like I said. But again, he could end up being a high-leverage guy for the Angels if he can, if he gets his breaking ball to... What am I saying? If he gets his breaking ball to be more consistent, he's able to throw for strikes more. He's able to make competitive pitches with it out of the strike zone, get some whiffs, um, or if that changeup gets a lot better. So, um, But, again, he just needs to develop that command, develop that consistency, and he could turn into a high-leverage guy for the Angels moving forward out of their bullpen. Um, that's kind of all I'm going to say on him. Um, some other notable picks to watch, in my opinion, just based on what I've seen and what I've like watched from some of these guys. Um, the four guys, I would say, just to watch and see if they are pitching well in the minor leagues. Braden Olthoff, Mason Albright. Again, Mason Albright, we have to see if he'll sign because he's a high school guy. Um, that was supposed to be like a fourth-round pick, and he ended up sliding into the 12th round, and they just took him. So if they're able to sign him, then I'd watch out for him because he could turn into something. He's a lefty high school guy. Again, if he goes to school and he pitches well, he could probably raise the draft stock a bit. But um, watch him. Mo Hanley, he looks like a guy that could turn into a lefty out of the bullpen. And then um, I don't I don't know exactly how to say this guy's last name. He's from Louisville. Um, Glenn Albanese, I think that's how you say it. But um, those would be the four guys I'd be watching to see if they end up turning into something um maybe those are steals who knows i think if 
if they're going to get a steal in this draft, I think he would probably be one of those four guys. So now, the big news of Wednesday. Really in baseball, the big news of Wednesday was a signing the Angels made. Uh, Yeah, so the Angels, they signed former Diamondbacks, White Sox, and Nationals outfielder Adam Eaton to a one-year deal for probably the rest of the year. Um, It's a major league deal. Um, I... uh, Let's just go over the numbers. Um, sitting two oh one on the year, he played the first part of the year with the White Sox, where he got designated for assignment and then cleared waivers. Um, sitting two oh one on the year, has a two ninety eight on base, three forty four slug. That's the slash line. He has an eighty two weighted runs created plus, a two eighty eight weighted on base percentage um, or weighted on base average. Um, five homers, has a nine point one percent walk rate, a twenty five point one percent K rate. 15 extra base hits. He has a plus one DRS, a 2.0 UZR, a 7.2 UZR per 150. Um, throughout his career, he's been an inconsistent defender from year to year. Again, I, I looked at his his numbers defensively. He had like a, an 11 DRS one year. The next year, he has a negative 13 defensive run saved and then the next year he has a 25 defensive run saved it's like how does how is that even possible how is that even possible but again he has the potential to be a good defender who knows if he still is ah. he has a plus one on the year so he's been decent but and he has a two 2.0 uzr so that's solid hopefully um he he he, he can't hit Again, he hasn't been able to hit since 2019. Again, there was a little stretch in his career where he was a little above average hitter, but again, 2020, 2021, he he hasn't been good. It's it's. Let's, I'm just gonna give my personal opinion about Adam Eaton. It's okay for now, okay? It's okay for now. And the reason I say that is because Trout is down, and who knows if Upton's playing tomorrow. I hope he is, but again, I thought Upton was going to be playing like two weeks ago, and he still might not be back. Who knows? Again, Joe Madden said, oh, him and Rendon should be back by the end of the break. Are they going to be back? I don't know. So, for now, it's fine because he's better than, like, Luis Renjifo. But still, it's just... By the way, Jose Rojas got sent back to AAA to make room for Ian on the roster. And they DFA'd Dylan Peters, which they do once a week, so that's not even news. Um, It's fine for now, like I said, because... Upton and Trotter out. They need outfielders. He's better than Luis Renjifo. He'll play. He'll be okay. And he's a vet. It's just he he's bad. <laughs> he's just a he's just not good. Uh, but that's kind of the best thing they could have done, I guess, for now. 
It's my thing is I just don't know what's gonna happen once Sean and Upton are back. Is he gonna stay on the team? Are they just gonna have two outfielders on the bench? They better not get rid of Juan Lagares because they need that defense. They need that defense out in right or in left or whatever. They need his defense. They can't have their fourth outfielder being Adam Eaton. <laughs> it, it's that just can't happen. Um, but yeah, for now, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, but he's just he's just so bad. Again, I'm never gonna be like, oh, that's a good move. We signed a bad player. He's not good. Like, yes, he's better than Luis Renivo, but. <laughs> Who cares? Like, who cares? Like, again, I, man, again, I didn't like the move. Everyone on tour is like, oh, at least we don't have to watch Luis Renjifo play right field. Okay. Like, okay, we might, going into tomorrow, we may have not had to watch him play right field. Because if War's out there, and they get upped and back, and they got Juan in center... That's fine. I don't know. Hopefully he plays well. Again, I'm not going to... Obviously, he's an angel now, so he got my full support. I'm officially an Adam Eaton fan. Uh, <laughs> that just felt weird to say. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheer for him, obviously. He's an angel, so hopefully he helps us win some games. Probably won't, but... um. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, another little bit of news is um, Griffin Canning. He got put on the seven-day injured list down in AAA Salt Lake with a lower back strain. It will be interesting to see how long he's on the injured list. Is it only the, for a week or is it going to be for a longer period of time? Um, because if he misses, if he's going to miss a few weeks or something, um, the Angels are going to need Again, today's the 15th. They have an off day on the 21st. So they won't need a sixth starter until the 27th of July. Which, again, lots of things can change. The Angels could make a trade for that first starter by then. But if they don't and Canning isn't back, then we have a very interesting situation where we're starting to think who's going to be the sixth starter. Because if you can't have Canning do it, you have Dylan Bundy, you have Jose Quintana, or you could go into AAA and you could pull up Jaime Berea or Packy Knotson. Like, again, it's just... I don't know. It's it, That's going to be interesting to see what they do when that time comes around. Even if Canning's healthy. Because again, I don't think Canning is completely going to get the um, assignment to be the sixth starter even if he's healthy. Again, he was bad in his first start in AAA. But we'll see. It's going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting who's going to be taking the ball on the 27th or whenever they need that sixth starter. Um, that will be interesting for sure. One second. Quick water break. My mouth was my mouth was dry. Okay. 
Um, we're almost done, by the way. Um, now let's just get. We're gonna go over the Seattle series this weekend. Pitching matchups on Friday. Andrew Heaney will take the ball. He's five and six on the year. He's a five three eight ERA. He'll be countered by Chris Flexen, who's eight and three on the year, has a three five one ERA. He also pitched on Saturday. The game the Angels got shut out. They couldn't touch him. Again, part of it was again I saw some calls. There was some umpire was calling pitches way off the plate, whatever. But they just need to be better against him. Hopefully, second straight time seeing him. They have some reinforcements with um, Justin Upton, Anthony Rendon, and obviously Adam Eaton. <laughs> um, it's hopefully they can hopefully they can get some runs off him. He hopefully he has one of those good games. Hopefully he's kind of in the stretch where he's like I'm going to pitch well instead of I'm not going to pitch well. So because again he 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 there's a bag. You open a bag. There's two pieces of paper in there. You pull one out, and if you pull out the one that says good, he's good. If you pull out the one that says bad, he's bad. It's just it's it's a fifty. It's a coin flip. You call tails. You get it right. He's good. If you get it wrong, he's bad. Like that's just what Andrew Heaney is. Half his starts are good. Half his starts are bad. You don't know when either's gonna come. So he's just he's inconsistent. Hopefully he's good. Um, again, Seattle, again, they can't really hit, so this might be a good matchup for Andrew Heaney, and they also have some lefties in their order. We'll see if Kyle Seager's back for them. Um, but, yeah, hopefully Heaney can put together a solid performance. On Saturday, the Angels will have Alex Cobb pitch, and he'll be countered by the Mariners' one and only all-star, Yusei Kikuchi. Um, again, if the Angels are able to hit Kikuchi, they're going to win. Like, <laughs> I hate to be so blunt. Because, again, the Mariners are having a great year. I'm not taking anything away from their team and how they're performing this year. But what I'm saying, I'm just that's just how I feel. If the Angels score runs versus the Seattle Mariners, they're going to win. Because even with how bad their pitching is, if they put up runs and they get leads on this Mariners team, the Mariners aren't going to be able to hit their way back into the game. And I know there's going to be people saying, oh, well, the Angels were up 3 nothing, and then the Mariners came back. Yes, because the Angels gifted them an opportunity, and then a fly ball to left that probably should have been caught by Phil Gosselin, even though it almost got out. They basically handed them two runs, handed them a, um, an opportunity to get back in the ball game, and then they brought in Steve Ciszek with inherited runners, which we obviously knew, knew wasn't going to work. And that tied the game, and then the game's tied. They feel like they have a chance, and then Joe Madden brings in Jose Quintana, of all people, and then, yeah. So, again, if they just score, the only way they can lose is if they beat themselves. So, um, and then Sunday, um, Patrick Sandoval will pitch for um, the Angels, and he'll be countered by the Mariners' youngster, their rookie starter, Logan Gilbert. He's actually really fun to watch. So hopefully the Angels can hit him up a bit. But yeah, that's kind of it. Again, I'm get my key again. I'm gonna it's it's the same team, so it's hard to kind of like preview the series because I kind of already did in the last one. Again, all I'll say: How do you win the series? You hit. You play good defense. You get leads. That's all you have to do. So you have to do versus Mariners team. If you go down and you can't get back into the game, 
you're in trouble because the Mariners' bullpen has been very good this year. It's been very effective, especially their backhand. So, again, this should be fun. They're back at home. Hopefully, please, like again, prayers that tomorrow when we look at the lineup, we see Justin Upton. We'll see, we see Anthony Rendon. Um, who knows when we see Mike Trout? Because, again, he's eligible to come off the I.L. on Saturday, but that's not going to happen. It's going to... We'll know from a better timetable once he um, gets sent on a rehab assignment. But until then, we're kind of just in sit-and-wait mode. Um, but, yeah, that's it. This is a shorter one, but, again, it's probably because I'm just not previewing a series because it's the same team. So, um, we'll see. Just a preview. All-Star Weekend was now All-Star Weekend. The All-Star festivities were fun. The draft, they just took 20 pitchers, and they took some solid ones. Um, they signed Adam Eaton. Cool. I, actually, not whatever. And then they're playing the Mariners again. That's all I really have to say. Did I miss anything? No, I'm good. So, I hope you guys enjoyed. Obviously, if you don't already, follow me on Twitter at Team Otani. Where I like, I'm I'm live tweeting during games. Obviously, when the Eaton news came out, you can see my like instant reaction to that. That was fun. People saying I'm people getting mad at me on Twitter because Adam Eaton apparently is good in their opinion. But until then, I'll see y'all um, after this series against the Mariners. I'm thinking we probably have a another episode up on Monday. But until then, I'll see y'all. Peace.